Blog Talk Radio. Again, to the Mokimoto Hoodoo Network Hour brought to you by the Mokimoto Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymoto.com. I'm your announcer, Reverend James at folkcontra.com, located in Western North Carolina, and in just a moment we'll be joined by our co host, guest host Reverend Art of folkcontra.com in Western North Carolina, and Contraman of contramanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we will be joined by our special guest, Papa G of FolkMagicStudio.com in Nashville, Tennessee, bringing us today's Oracle Hour topic on Capnomancy, Divination with Smoke. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions about problems, about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, root work as is divined and prescribed by the greatest hoodoo spiritualists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first let's catch up with our co-hosts, Reverend Art and Conjurman. Conjurman? Thank you for that lovely introduction. As you can tell by the sound of my voice, and not Miss Cat. Miss Cat is away for the uh, day. Uh, we wish her lots and lots of fun and excitement wherever she is. It's a much deserved time away, if I can say so. I mean, the past few months prepping for the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, then uh, the editing of the books that went into it, presenting it, all the meanwhile running the shop and doing the weekly radio show. It's been a very, very busy uh, half of the year, if we, if we can say that. So hopefully she's having lots of fun. I was teasing earlier that this is a very dude-centric <laughs> uh, blog talk radio this weekend because it's just <laughs> us guys. Very, so we're missing the, the dulcet tones of Ms. Cat a little bit here, but we will make do. We're very excited. We have a fantastic, fantastic episode um, and a really interesting conversation with our fan favorite, Papa G. Every once in a while, we get Papa G to pop out of the chat room and join us here on the actual radio show live. And it is always fun. It's always exciting. We all mesh very well. And so it's going to be an interesting and exciting one. As mentioned earlier, this is, by Reverend James, this is an Oracle Hour. The Oracle Hours, for those of you that are new, are once a month at the beginning of the month, our guests present on some aspect of fortune-telling, divination, or oracle. It's an opportunity for us to dive in outside of just root work to the tools we use to diagnose. If you listen in regularly, you know that we generally do some type of reading and then some type of consultation when it comes to our clients. And so people hear different reading styles, but we don't always get a chance to talk about the different techniques around reading and fortune telling and prophesying. So the Oracle Hour sprang as a opportunity or as a way of addressing the gap, addressing the sort of missing link. All right, we keep talking about reading. Readings. We keep doing root work, but do people actually know what it means 
to do a reading? What are the different types of readings that exist out there? And so the Oracle Hour hopes to present to our audience the very interesting and varied techniques. We've talked about Chinese astrology. We've talked about pendulums. We've talked about bibliomancy. We've talked uh, astrology. We've talked everything you can imagine. And today we'll be talking about Capnomancy brought to us by our very own Papa G. It's exciting because we're hoping to open the door for other styles of divination around the world, but also to introduce you to various techniques. Maybe after today's episode, you'll be interested in capnomancy and will adopt it into your practice. You will do it more and more. Maybe this is something that will resonate with you and it will enrich your practice. Before we dive into the topic, let's start with just some brief check-in, see how everyone is doing. Uh, I am uh, surviving on the, the West Coast. It's starting to get a little bit warm right now. But as I always say, uh, West Coast heat is, is pretty manageable. Uh, a lot of going-ons in the world, though. Uh, it seems like New York is once more dealing with the smokes from Canada's fires. Uh, a few weeks back, it was really bad. I was My friends were sending me pictures of New York, and it looked like something out of a dystopian hellscape. It was, like, really bizarre, almost as bad as a few years ago when all of the West Coast looked like we were in Mars. Um, but it looks like the smoke is back again, and it's going to be a periodic issue for people in the sort of northeast, in New York, Philadelphia area where the smoke from the Canadian wildfires are just going to sort of make their way into the United States. So for those of you that are out there, stay safe, stay healthy, make sure that you're uh, wearing masks, that you've got filters in your house. That, that smoke is not a joke, and you don't want it to really mess up your lungs. So right now, I'm looking in that new, at that news and saying, Man, I'm so lucky to be in California. <laughs> but I think I'm going to I'm going to regret those words once California wildfire season starts. So we'll see how how things are going to turn out in the next few months. Let's check in with our wonderful guest co-host Reverend Art who is joining us. Welcome Reverend Art. How are you doing? What's new in your neck of the woods? Well, thank you, Conjurman. Um, you know, at least we're not in here in the in the mountains of North Carolina. We're not being as affected as much by the California mm. wildfires, but it has kind of come down the coast. The mountains are providing a little bit of a barrier for us right now. So, yeah, uh, fresh mountain air. Well, at least, right? Well, and that comes right now, at least, with a lot of rain. So, and I feel like I should be building an art. But it's been kind of kind of busy, actually, here for Folk Conjure mm-hmm. and Folk Faith Ministries. Mm-hmm. Reverend James and I just got done uh, in one of our local town, Murphy, North Carolina. We attended the Mystic Fair at the Warehouse in oh, Murphy, North Carolina yesterday. Um, it's a really in- great group of folks that get together, practitioners of all different kinds, um, energy healing, so so much sharing and growth that goes on over the course of about a five-hour weekend uh, get-together. Um, we do this about once a quarter. Uh, really mm-hmm. looking forward to the next one. We're actually looking to incorporate a drum circle and going to be out under the stars. But other than that, um, just kind of rocking and rolling finally. I think finally over the <laughs> the, the, the 
uh, festival and yeah. recuperated <laughs> enough to be able to, to just move forward. Um, yeah. That's about it. Our neck of the woods. I mean, you you had the wonderful presentations at the festival, and uh, clearly you recuperated enough to attend uh, the warehouse. So that's a good sign. But I feel you. I sympathize. Like, there's something as great as the festivals are, and they are fantastic. Uh, there is a moment of recuperation that's needed. I think it's just because it's so jam-packed over the weekend that it does take you, like, a week or two of going back into regular mode. And then for those of us that are presenters, uh, we all feel – um, the crunch because there's a lead up to it. There's all sorts of back, uh, you know, behind the scenes work that's done by Papa G yourself and others from boxing things to preparing videos, to editing, to writing all these things that go into the festival. And so the festival is like the culmination of like months of hard work. And so it takes a little bit to recuperate. So I definitely, I, I sympathize with you there. And I'm glad you're all recuperating and things are headed back to normal. For those of you that missed the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, just be aware that there's this really cool new approach that we're there that uh, the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers and the Missionary Independent Church have uh, taken towards the fact that as, as the uh, uh, supporters of the festival, a new approach towards the festival that if you've missed it, you can actually begin to start purchasing various workshops. Other workshops from the past are available. And so if you're interested in, for example, a workshop about mojo bags, guess what? It's available online uh, for you to purchase. If you're interested in learning more about candle magic or bathing, uh, it's available online, and the uh, workshops from this year will also be available online. All of it is accessible so that if you're interested in a particular topic and for whatever reason you are unable to make it out uh, this year, you can still have access to that knowledge. This is cool. We're creating in many ways a digital repository of hoodoo and conjure knowledge that will be accessible, taught to you by the best, the, la the best and the greatest in the field right now from a variety of different topics. So definitely check the hoodoo workshops out. Uh, Reverend James has actually put it in the uh, chat room. So hoodooheritagefestival.com for this year's full package or hoodooworkshops.com for previous uh, virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival workshops. So both of those are available. You can check them out online. This, this archive is really one of the things I'm very excited about because as everyone knows, my day job, I, I, I work in history. So I can only imagine that 30 years from now, 40 years from now, people are going to be accessing these archives to ask, what were people in the early 2000s doing, the 2010s and 2020s doing when it comes to Hoodoo? So it's very, very exciting. Let's bring in our, our guest who has been patiently waiting in the wings, fan favorite Papa G. Welcome, welcome. Tell us a little bit about what you've been up to uh, since we've last spoken. Hello. Um, also recuperating from the festival. It is just now. It's like, oh, it's not going on. I don't, I don't have to answer anybody's email or edit anyone's video. 
I mean, the, shout out to the amount of work that you did. In addition to being our master of ceremonies, one of our masters of ceremonies, and guiding us through it, there was a lot of behind the scenes work as well. Editing people's videos, organizing. I mean, just the editing alone must have taken forever because I can only imagine the sort of raw <laughs> clips and videos yeah. that you, you received. Right. <laughs> I've started something, now that I've recuperated, it's just this week where I feel like starting something new. And I've started a, a new, a new, very interesting project for our Aromagies Botanica or Aromagies.com website. Um, it, you know, up till now, it's always just been a shopping website. It does have some articles mm-hmm. about some topics. But, um, you know, each product, which we have like 3,500 products on the website, each one's a very short description right. and a picture, you know, like most shopping. Mm-hmm. But what I have started is I thought, well, I just don't want this just to be a shopping website. I want to turn our website into an online grimoire, an online mm. book of shadows, where I'm taking each product step by step. And, you know, each one has about 500 words. Well, I'm upping that. I'm upping the information and turning each product into a complete article, including free spells with oh, each wow. product. It's, it's, we figured out it's probably a four-year project, considering mm. there are 3,500 products and another 400 pages. <laughs> mm, wow, wow. Only a little work. That is, oh, yeah, yeah, I, a little bit. I, I, I love, I love this idea of, of transforming websites into online grimoires and books of shadows because those type of resources are so critical. Um, so, can you give us just a brief, maybe a taste of like what type of thing they would encounter? So, they, they, maybe they're looking at a love product. Would that then lead them to say a really a quick love spell associated with that love product or with that particular yeah. item? Yeah, like I, just, I started with the herbs. Like I just did the rose petals page. And before mm-hmm. it was just basics. Use it in hoodoo for this. Use it in, you know, mm-hmm. um, witchcraft for that. And now it gives you a complete history. It tells you the goddesses who are associated with roses. It tells you how to use it for protection, for healing, for manifestation, wow. for divination, for psychic ability, for connection with the divine. And then at the end, you get love attraction spell with rose petals and white candles. And, you know, it tells you everything you need and how to go about doing the spell using the main ingredients of rose petals. That is fantastic. That is so exciting. I wish you all the best with that, and I know that it's going to be an amazing resource, knowing, knowing who you are and the work that you do. I know that it's going to be an amazing resource and people are going to love it. Um, and as as a fellow Torian, we do love that sort of ongoing long-term projects that we can sort of chip away at little by right. little over the course of several years. We love that sort of work. Like, oh, we're going to build this website. It's going to take us four years to do <laughs> That is fantastic. I wish you a lot of luck. Hopefully we can have you come back frequently and give us a little update on the website and what's available so that people can start finding this website, but also really build the sort of traffic and build it as a hub of knowledge for people. So incentive. That's actually the word I used when I was talking about it recently, a hub of a learning hub. Yes. I love that. Yeah. We'll, we'll get further updates about this learning hub because I know I'm very interested and I know that those who are listening 
are also interested as well. So today we have a really cool topic on capnomancy. I'm going to give a really brief introduction and then turn this over to Papa G, who will kind of flesh out the conversation. And then Reverend R. I will jump in and we'll have a nice discussion amongst the three of us. Um, and if uh, uh, if we can, maybe we'll get even Reverend James, if he's not too busy, to chime in with some of his thoughts as well. So capnomancy or divination <laughs> with, with smoke is a very interesting practice. It's one of the forms of divination that a lot of cultures do, but may not have a formal word for it. So the word capnomancy comes out of our, our desire, mostly in the sort of medieval and early modern period, to categorize and classify the different occult sciences, magical practices, etc. But if you look at, for example, cultural practices, you will find some form of capnomancy across the globe. You'll find it in almost every culture. And it's not always called capnomancy. It may not have a formal name, but it is very old, and it is associated with a variety of different traditions of knowing, from how to determine the sex of a baby, to determine the health of things, to its association with magic, and the clearest connection with spirit. The idea that spirit for whatever reason, can manifest strongly in smoke. So you can find this practice everywhere. And maybe you already practice a form of capnomancy, even if it's not, for example, something formalized, you're not writing it in your book of shadows, maybe you already practice it intuitively. So it is one of those fascinating divinatory practices that exist at the folk level there's an informal and formal component to it and has global connections. Let's turn this over to Papa G and, and have him really dive into what capnomancy is and how he practices it. Yes, I found that it, 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 the reason I brought up this topic today is because I'm almost finished with my new book, Papa G's Little Book of Candle Magic and Capnomancy mm. as well as as well as pyromancy and, and real soot and everything, was in that section. And I thought, well, I've never talked about this before. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it, it, it is divination through smoke, which the smoke can come mm-hmm. from a variety of sources. Uh, if you go back to what is written uh, and recorded, it's supposed to go all the way back to ancient Babylonia, where it was mm-hmm. supposed to be practiced on a regular basis, and they use like cedar branches or shavings. And um, yep. in, in where in Greece they would actually use animal offerings. Yeah. Um, uh, you also had the Celts who would do it with mistletoe branches and oak branches and things like that. So, like you said, it is all across the globe, and each one has their little bit of different flair with it, and and a lot of that is different according to Mm -hmm. the local sources, like what wood they used and what woods they used in their religious practices, their spiritual practices. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But a lot of uh, some of it is is very interesting about there was there's different methods like. Some priests would actually sniff the smoke from various Mm -hmm. sources, like whether it be incense or flowers or leaves or seeds, Mm -hmm. um, to draw omens from their observations. 
Well, most of the time um, we think of capnomancy is, and I'll get into that some, as which way is the smoke moving. Mm-hmm. Um, there, a big part of it is actually breathing in the smoke. And yep. part of that was also breathing in smoke from who's hallucinogenic substances. Yeah. Where they would yeah. actually go, which no one here recommends on the show, but <laughs> to put themselves into a trance to um, prophesy um, the future mm-hmm. from inhaling the smoke from the, from the altar. Um, some, some would also inhale um, more of the, this sounds very tricky, but um, it's almost like the, the flames. They would get very close to the flames. Um, so they were breathing in, in fire through the nostrils to interpret the, mm-hmm. the smoke came off. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a really important part. The idea of inhaling the smoke is uh, deeply connected with the Sibyl. So, for example, the Sibyl of Kumai, the Oracle of Delphi, both quite famously are known for entering into prophetic frenzies that they uh, brought about through smoking and inhalation of certain types of smoke. The idea here is that what you're burning is an offering, whether it's wood or it's uh, fruits and herbs or it's even animals. For example, animal sacrifice in the Mediterranean in the, and in the Near East was quite common. In the Greco-Roman Hellenic world, but also in ancient Israelite religion, there was this idea of burnt sacrifices and offerings. So the act of burning itself was the deity consuming the object. The smoke which resulted from it was the messages from the deity. So like it's, it's an interesting Correct. nuance yeah. here that, that the fire and smoke work together. The fire's consumption that's happening here is the deity consuming the object. What results from that consumption, smoke, is the messages the deity sends. So, for example, a high priest or priestess would give an animal sacrifice, burnt offering, and or burn wood or pyre, and then look, okay, the deity is now consuming the thing. Is the offering accepted? They only understood that through the smoke. How did the smoke move? What images were made? That was the deity, therefore, communing with them, which is why we still find, even when the sort of sacrifice component uh, fades away, if you will, in modern times, the idea that spirits come through smoke more strongly than any other element. Right, the idea of burning some type of incense to get to your ancestors, the spirits of the dead, gods, demons, angels, etc. They come through. Even the sort of goetic works. This whole idea that the entity will manifest itself through the smoke. That's a really interesting connection here. Reverend R, you you do you work with capnomancy in your practice at all? Oh, sorry, I wasn't. I had bumped my mute. Um, <laughs> you know, for 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 myself, you know, honestly, I pay attention to all aspects of the candles as they're burning. I do a lot with moving candle spells. Um, those are some of my kind of favorite sort of things. If people might remember from the the festival, um, mm. but definitely, you know, I I follow the 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 movement of the wick, 
the the movement of the smoke is the, is it spiraling mm-hmm. is it moving to the east is it moving to the west um moving towards mm-hmm. me moving away um it, it you really, you lean you lean closer to pyromancing and reading the reading the flames not necessarily mm-hmm. the smoke coming off of them right well the, the smoke as well I, I try to use all aspects. Um, I'm very mm-hmm, much, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people look at candle magic as kind of a set it and forget it sort of a situation. But like for myself, I'm very involved in that. I, I will babysit the candle for as long as I can, just, just observing mm-hmm. and watching and, and and taking into account, you know, all of the different aspects, you know, drips, wax patterns, all of it. Um, I guess you can say from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Even listening, mm-hmm. listening for pops, crackles, snaps. Yeah, that's right. a good point. And, and also it creates a really holistic image. You know, the most simple yeah, I think uh, simple we all talk at once. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, the most, the most simple version that we've talked about many times about this subject is the fact that when you're burning incense, the mm-hmm. smoke is supposed to be rising to heaven to deliver your prayers. I think we've said yeah. that many times in different ways and different shows. Um, but yeah. I've often wondered, I'm sure everyone has experienced this, because there's only one person. You're, at, or you're around a bonfire. There's one person that the smoke follows. No matter where they go, around mm. it to get away from it, then the smoke starts blowing in that direction. So I've often wondered if that was a message. No way, no way to prove that, but... Oh, I've actually that watched this phenomenon. I've watched this phenomenon happen, and I've, I've pondered it from many different angles over the years, having been in the position of being the annoyed one that's getting smoked out and <laughs> also watching others and, and trying to kind of relate. It's like, okay, so what's going on in my life currently that this this could be telling me what what direction am I sitting in? You know, mm-hmm. do I mm-hmm. I look up and I try to see what you know actually moon phase constellations anything that I can pull in to to kind of correlate this? Um, haven't come yeah. to any conclusions yet, but I would be I would be thrilled to launch a study with all of you and <sighs> see what we can come up with. <laughs> in the Middle East, in the Middle Eastern tradition, the idea is that when smoke is directed at a person, sort of consistently, that the smoke is responding to the spirit that is present around that person. So that could be an ancestral entity that's present. It could be a jinn that's present. It could be even a demonic or angelic force that's present. But the idea is that the smoke is responding to the spirit that is around that person. And then that person should do like a follow-up communing act with the entity to see what that entity is trying to say. So it's this idea, it's a sort of bridge. It's like saying, hey, you've got a text message. <laughs> you've, got, you've got a notification. You've got a spirit notification from the entity that is near you. You then follow it up by either doing another smoke divination or another form of divination to commune with that entity to see what they're trying to say. We do have a question here by Dr. Sweets. What is the best stick versus cone incense stick, which with, I, I guess, it's bamboo center, burns funky? Uh, yeah, so I actually prefer uh, loose incense for capnomancy. It's a little easier. You get more images in the smoke. It also allows you to watch the burn of the of the incense itself. And with what was mentioned by, by uh, 
Reverend R. and this question, this kind of leads us, and I'm going to turn this over to Papa G, the different types of smoke divination that people can do. What are some examples, if you can share, of smoke divination beyond just staring at smoke? What are some things that they can do? Can it be with incense? Can it be with candles? What are some different examples of smoke divination that people can incorporate in their practice? Of course, when you're using candles, most of the time there's not much smoke present while the candle is burning. And when you blow it out or snuff it out, um, candles usually don't make a consistent smoke. So most of the time, incense or palo santo or burning even of um, uh, ground uh, with your mortar and pestle, herbs or powder, them, mm-hmm. um, grinding those and mixing with some sort of resinous or resin substance um, would help. It's probably better to burn something that can burn on its own like incense mm-hmm. or self-igniting powdered incense versus things on a on a charcoal disc mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. It, it's it's like a different it's putting in a different element um, that is yeah. controlling the substance that's on top of it versus just letting it do its thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I even though I make a lot of powdered incense, I often use cones. Um, mm. and sometimes I'll make my own pounds. Just You can do that with uh, powdered incense. There's tons of powdered incense you can get from Lucky Mojo just by adding a tiny bit of water. Um, get your fingers wet instead of mm-hmm. trying to get too much water. If you get too much, you've gone too far. You have to let it dry a couple of days. Just sit there and pinch it into cones if you want to and um, mm. sort of travel that forward. But there's so many different messages of what you're supposed to be looking for when you watch the smoke. Mm. Um, I mean, right, just rising smoke in, is supposed to indicate, if it's rising straight up, it's supposed to indicate mm-hmm. a positive energy, a successful thing, mm-hmm. something that's like ascending or it can be spiritual. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if the smoke tends to, to hover downward, and the same way that we anoint the candle upward for positive things and downward for to get rid of negative things, the smoke mm-hmm. descending often means something negative or something that needs to be grounded. Um, if you have this like thin, wispy smoke, it's supposed to signify things like clarity, communication. If it if it drifts sideways. Um, it depends on which side it goes to sometimes, but uh, it can mean delays, an obstacle. While if it swirls, it can mean think of think of think of swirl swirling. It's like everything is just in chaos. Everything's about to change, and that's what swirling smoke means: transformation and change. And it sort of mimics the cylindrical nature of life. You know, it's swirling, you know, like a cylinder. And it can also mean you're also being guided to a period of growth through whatever this upheaval is. There are just so many different things according to shapes, like rings. Um, Rings in smoke are often seen as symbols of protection or completion. Um, Think of the world card. We meet. Um, the 
circle. Everything is going through completion, you know, completion and the cycle going through again. Um, and also sometimes smoking takes shapes. You can see it's not just about does it go up, does it go down, does it go left or right. Sometimes you see images in the smoke or get symbols or um, signs. You may see objects just sort of like cloud watching. So there's all sorts of, and there is one I do want to mention. It's smoke in a Y shape. So the smoke rises, and it splits into two separate lines resembling the letter Y. Mm. Um, It means that you have this situation in front of you. However, and you have, maybe you have two different paths you can take. It's sort of saying whatever choice you make, will not affect the outcome. Mm-hmm. You, it is not within your control. So it, it seems well, like it would be a forked road, um, but actually, you know, take this way, but it's not. It means really, no mm-hmm. matter what you do, you're not going to change the outcome of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to ask for both of you. I mean, there are ways, I mean, we mentioned, for example, incense being better, for example, than, than candles. But there are ways that you can use candles and, and smoke divination, and certain candles oh, sure. are a little bit better. So, and so, like, thicker candles, skull candles. Anyone who's with skull candles can tell you, those fuckers give off a whole lot of smoke. <laughs> so you, those are a <laughs> lot better for divination, for example, than a four-inch candle. But there are other ways you can do it. So in the spiritualist tradition, whatever candle they use, because they use a lot of freestanding candles and they use a lot of vigil candles, is they actually take a plate. So this is a mixture of smoke divination and plate divination. You take a white plate and you sort of pass it over the flame. And what it does is it captures the smoke and then you read that on the plate. You can see this as it manifests on the white background of the plate. The other thing you can do is that generally all candles, even chime candles and small orange candles, give off smoke, but it can be imperceptible. And so you can take a piece of paper and put it behind the candle, and it will help you see the smoke a lot better. If nothing else, it will show the sort of direction of very light heat um, rising or, or patterns that are made there. Both of those are incredibly useful to to doing any type of smoke divination with a candle. Um, and then same thing with charcoal. Charcoal can be a little bit tricky with loose and en- loose incense, uh, as Papa G mentioned. It's easier to sort of take loose incense and make it into its own cone. But what you can do is you can burn oil on charcoal and it will give off a really powerful smoke for a brief moment right. of time. This is a really great form of divination, and this ties into something Papa G mentioned, the act of inhalation. So I do this when I do smoke divination, is I will burn psychic vision oil on charcoal, and once I put the char- the couple drops on, and you'll see the smoke will just billow out instantly, and it's a very fragrant and sort of white smoke. It's different from the sooty smoke that you see from the fire. You just sort of waft just a couple bits of it, and you smell it, and that then really attunes you to what the smoke is doing. Like, don't just stick your head over the charcoal, though. You're just very lightly wafting a little bit. You don't want to be coughing up a lung. Just waft a little bit of that psychic vision oil uh, smoke towards your face and then stare at the smoke from the charcoal. So there are ways of working with um, 
these forms of, of smoke outside of just incense. And so smoke can be the burning of things. It can be the incense. It can be candles. It's really incredibly, incredibly versatile. Um, I want to ask uh, both of you if there are other ways of working with smoke beyond incense that you do in Capnomancy. Uh, I want to ask you something that goes with what you just said, because I do not mm-hmm. know the answer. You may, Conjurement. Is there mm-hmm. a difference in, because I didn't find this in my research, um, is there a difference in white smoke and dark smoke? In- oh, yeah, without, without a doubt. Like white smoke uh, and dark smoke makes a, a, a huge difference. Now, if it's intentional, like if you're using oil versus a candle, I wouldn't read too much into it because oil smoke is always going to be white. Candle smoke is going to usually be dark. But the color of the smoke does matter. Sometimes the smoke, if it's a lighter color, can indicate uh, communion with spirit, whereas if it's a darker thing, it's a little bit more consumption. Um, Someone says, I can't hear anything, says the red conjurer. Well, hopefully you can. Um, If not, we're going to try to recall. We may be having some technical difficulties, but we're going to keep going here. But, yes, color of smoke. Sometimes smoke is also a little bit of a green color or it's a little bit of a yellow color. So there are ways in which... The color of the smoke matters here. Uh, what about all of you? I'm going to uh, uh, check the technical end behind here as you all continue the conversation. Okay. What do you think, Carl? I think she directly has actually cleared up her concerns. Um, seems like we're still on the air in life. Say that again, Art. Are we still all here? <laughs> I'm still here. Yeah. Are so you? the red, the red queen has fixed her problems. It was her own setting issues. Um, okay, great. Yeah. That's okay, so where were good, we? Good, good. <laughs> we were talking about the colors of smoke. And I think Conjurman asked about different substances, but either right. either 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 thing you want to answer. What do you think, Art? You know, for my for in my practice, the color of the smoke it's, it kind of goes along with, you know, kind of like when you burn a, a vigil candle and the amount of mm-hmm. soot that builds. Um, you you know, reading that amount of soot, the darker the smoke, the the more resistance you're finding the the more mm. pushback you're receiving in in whatever it is you're trying to accomplish um the lighter the smoke the the, the greater the blessing should mm. should it be for like something like blockbuster or or you know anything of, along that nature money drawing so on and so forth um that's typically been the the most extent as far as color of the smoke itself mm-hmm. goes I think mm-hmm. something else that's interesting that it is um, as far as a different substance to use for smoke is to actually, and you would have to do this on a larger piece of paper because you want the smoke to last a little bit longer, is to actually write out a very intense and, and um, let me just say a comprehensive petition mm-hmm. to burn. Yep. To, act, yep. to actually read the smoke off of your petition. 
Yes, yes. But you could often mix on, with other things. Yes, I've mentioned this on the show a few times where you can do this as an active act where you write your petition, like, Lord, bring me this person, whatever, and then you burn it with the incense. You actually place the, the, this loose incense, the triangle incense, on top of the paper. You burn the incense down, and once the incense gets there, you then take another match and burn the paper so that it all mixes together. And then you can do things like dispose the ash uh, that's left from the incense in the paper at the person's house and whatnot. But you can do this for divination as well. You can actually write a question. So let's say you have you want to know something like, uh, is so-and-so stabbing me in the back? You write that on a piece of paper, fold it up, place it on a heat-proof dish, bowl, sensor, durable, take some psychic vision incense, place it on top of that, make a nice little cone out of it, burn that read the smoke from the psychic vision incense and it will give you an answer. Is it giving you a strong yes? Is it giving you a strong no? Is it, what is it doing? And then burn the paper. Let the incense catch the paper on fire. If it doesn't burn all the way, you can just light another match and burn the paper and read it. So you can actually write questions with the incense. It's a really fantastic way. I teach my students this as an entryway into capnomancy to burn the questions that they have with the incense and then read the smoke that way. What are some herbs would you recommend? Let's just talk briefly here a bit about herbs that you can burn. In addition to incense, you can add it to loose incense. You can burn it on your own. We've talked, for example, of, of incense and candles, but herbs are flammable. and <laughs> There's ways of reading the smoke from herbs. What are some herbs that either of you will start with Papa G and then we'll go uh, to, to Reverend Art there. What are some herbs that you might burn for Capnomancy that can help with smoke divination? I think it's important to, to do a mixture of different things according to, it's almost just like when you're making incense or making something, if you do a mixture of things that are still all associated with whatever you're asking about or something. Um, mm-hmm. Because certain things that are fluffy Let's say like peppermint mm-hmm. leaves or something. They would burn up very quickly and you get barely any smoke. But yeah. if you get something to mix with it, like pine needles, which have sap, mm-hmm. um, and which pine needles are usually used for protective purposes, um, um, you know, it would create a more readable smoke. Mm. Um, so things that are fluffy have a tendency mm-hmm. to just combust and the smoke's gone. It's like, oh, I didn't see that message. Um, right. So, so I think it's important to look at different, which you can see in cat, like Cat's book, or, or Urban Root Magic. Find different things that are all for the same purpose or condition and maybe mm-hmm. mix them together according to the way they feel. Are they light and fluffy or are they heavy? Um so I guess pine needle would be, in, in essence, in between a wood and an herb, sort of. Right. Yeah, yeah. Reverend Art, are there herbs and things that you burn that help with smoke divination? Or are they for, for the purposes of smoke divination? You know, actually, probably one of my biggest go-tos is in doing ancestor work. Um, when I, I, Every week. I'm consistently working the ancestors' altar. You know, I I, I have a, a vigil candle going, incense going, offerings going, so on and so forth. When I'm going to when I 
when those times come that I'm specifically asking for intervention and assistance, I, I've been known to throw together a mixture of like, you know, Angelica, Althea, mm. Acacia, Blessed Thistle, um, Santa, mm. uh, Holy Basil. And, and honestly, I, <clears throat> between the burn itself and mm-hmm. the smoke residue, I, I, I tend to compare the two to see it's like, is, you know, is this, am I on the right path? Is this, or should I, do I need to step back and, and re reimagine my, my movements forward? Um, that's probably one of my biggest things. Um, really, it kind of depends on the situation for me. I've done it for clients in situations where it seems like other divination methods haven't kind of given me the answers I'm looking for. Mm. Like, okay, let's mm-hmm. try something new. Let, let's pull some herbs that, that match the situation and put something together to, you know, specific to, you know, client X and and really kind of go for it rather than just using, you know, a, a white candle, a black candle, a red candle, or, or what have you. And you, you mentioned Angelica root, which is a good, good example of burning mm-hmm. root is better for smoke. And especially if you're using Angelica, if you want to, to receive divine messages. Um, another thing I thought of, um, another substance, um, was if your concerns are financial and your questions about that is to burn Joss paper or ancestor money. Mm. Yes. And, of course, yeah, there's all sorts of things we can do with the ashes of these things, which is leads more into spotomancy, how to read ashes, which is another episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole, that's to be honest, I've, I've even gone to the point one. with ash. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Contraband. Sorry. No, no, I was just going to say it's a related episode, but go on. No, there have been times that I've I've used the ash from the burning incense and kind of in a, in a form of like tassiomancy, it's like toss in a little bit of water, put it in a teacup. Let's see, do kind of a reading, almost like tea leaf reading to, to see what's come out. Um, it really yeah. depends on what's, what's inspired at the time. Mm. There's a lot of herbs and roots that are really associated with the ability to do smoke divination in some way, shape, or form. Uh, Papa G mentioned, for example, pine. Pine is very old school. Sweet grass is another one that is very commonly burned and is used for both cleansing but also smoke divination. Um, you can also find uh, sage. Sage bundles are used in this way. Just as sage is used to sort of smudge a place or a person, so too can you look at the smoke of sage and see what wisdom is provided from it. It is a plant that is a very powerful spirit helper and has connections to spirit. Um, but I want to also put in a plug here for resins. Resins are, have been burnt for thousands upon thousands of years. They're incredibly right. old. Um, they've been used specifically as, in many ways, in replacement to the old animal sacrifices. As burnt offerings sort of fell out of favor, people replaced them with resins. So the frankincense and mirror, which mostly comes out of Southern Arabia and Africa, there's a huge booming trade there. Oud is another one that is or agar agar. These all work really well in Latin America. Copal, uh, 
Copal burns a little bit fast. I don't know about it. It's just maybe the Copal I've been getting. But Copal burns a little bit faster than the other resins, in my opinion. Like frankincense and mirror can last a little bit. So does agar-agar. But Copal burns a little bit quickly. But all of these are really powerful dragon's blood all really powerful resins that can be used in smoke divination. You can mix them with various other herbs, or you can burn them on their own. They're generally really great on charcoal. Um, you, they can sort of last for a bit if you know how to, how, where to put them on the charcoal and how much to put. Um, and they're incredibly fragrant. fragrant in, in very different from, I would say, loose incense and herbal incense, which can smell great, but there's almost a burned quality to them, right? They they will always have a little charcoal-esque, barbecue-esque smell to them, so that when you burn it in a house, there's always a hint of, like, smoke, like, oh, you burnt something here, whereas resin incense doesn't really have that burnt smell. It's much more perfumed. It's much more fragrant, um, and it will really, really work wonders. All of them are reputed to have some type of not necessarily hallucinogenic effect, but they do have some mind-altering effect to them. Frankincense, Mir, Agar-Agar, Copal, all of them have some sort of mind-altering component to them. So the idea is that, that it's not just the divination you're doing through the smoke, but again, as Papaji mentioned, there's an inhalation component. Once you're smelling these things, it does something to you. I am... Um... And then I know the. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. That was, I was, 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 was going to say this, an appeal we, for resins. <laughs> oh, I was going to say we often burn. Um, well, especially Reverend Roy likes to burn, like the Three Kings blend and the uh, Catholic ritual blend on the charcoals. But I found it always burns up really quick. So, conjure remember you tell us? You mentioned. So what is the better way to burn it? If you, you said if you know where to put it on the charcoal, what's, our, what's some better tips for that? Yeah, so if you burnt, so if you get really good charcoal, incense charcoal, you want to get the heat of the incense charcoal on the rim, and you blow it so that there's a, the rim is all sort of connected. So what you do is you hold the charcoal o- over a flame, and you sort of move it in a circle, but don't get the center hot. Let the rim itself, so you get a ring of fire, but the center of the charcoal remains untouched. Let the fire gradually move towards the center. You will put all your resins in that little divot in that charcoal, because all these charcoal incenses have a divot. What this will do is it will slow the burn down a little bit. Because if the entire charcoal is heated up, if the center is already red-hot coals and you put your incense on top of that, it's going to last a couple minutes max. It's going to last a couple minutes and then it's done. And you're going to have to keep putting uh, resin on there. What you do is you get the outer ring hot. You get a nice red-hot ring of fire, but you keep that little divot untouched and you put the incense there. Then let that fire slowly, gradually wake its way towards the center. And you'll see it'll start to burn slowly. It won't burn right away. Like when you put the resin in, it won't immediately smoke. It'll slowly begin to give off a little bit of smoke. And that will last a long time. I've had it where it's lasted well over an hour without me replenishing the incense. So it'll just slowly, slowly move its way towards the center, warming it up, and then eventually starting to burn up. 
So I've been using charcoal rings the wrong way this entire time. (laughs) (laughs) Have you been heating the entire thing up? Right. Uh, Yes, yes. That's the hookah approach. So the incense charcoal is used for two things, really, hookahs and for incense. The hookah approach is you want to keep, you want to make the entire thing a red-hot coal because you want to burn immediately because it's being placed into the hookah. You want to burn the tobacco right away. The incense approach is you, that's why it has that little sort of outer ring and then an inner divot. The incense approach is you only get that outer ring hot. It's a little tricky because you want to keep the flame away from the center. But once you get that outer ring, you just blow lightly so that you can see it start to grow towards the center. Place that in your center and thermal, put the incense in the middle of it, and it will burn much more gradually, and it works. You'll probably get initially like a good 10 to 15-minute burn from the incense, and then the more you practice, you can get it to last a lot longer, 30 minutes to about an hour, with the exception of copal. For whatever reason, copal will just burn quickly no matter what you do, (laughs) but frankincense (laughs) and, and myrrh can last long time. Like if you put a good amount in the center and you just get that outer ring going, you'll get a good 30 minute burn on that incense. Philip in the chat brought up, uh, she enjoyed uh, rose petals with frankincense, but she also mentioned I burnt mugwort last night and that definitely smells like Christian marijuana. But also Mm. burning mugwort is a really ancient um, technique that, you know, it's must the bustion. James, I know mm. you're announcing, but this is a very Asian, this may be in your bailiwick. What, can you tell us anything about burning <laughs> masa? Um, Besides the health and, benefits of it? <laughs> well, yeah, well, what, you know, well, it's not supposed to be for circulation of the, the chi, right? Right. It's supposed to to, to bring chi to, to an area. So, I mean, you definitely mm-hmm. wouldn't put it somewhere where, like, there's inflammation because it does have that heat component. Heat, heat increases inflammation. Um, so it would be somewhere where you have got, like, depleted chi or something like that. It would be helpful. Um, it's usually done along, you know, acupuncture-type points, your, your meridians and things like that. Um, mm. I, I, I'm not sure about reading it as far as... Um, uh, right, know, it's more of using, using the smoke. Right, but it it is. What I, I could imagine that a, a mystic, you know, that that does that kind of work, though, could you know be able to determine different things about the the movement of the energy in the person's body by the way that the smoke comes off. And that's granted if they use um, moxa that gives off a smoke. They also sell smokeless moxa. Hmm. Um, but there, there is another, you know, Asian uh, kind of offset there. If you kind of go over a little to the Tibetan Buddhism side, you have song offerings, that's S-A-N-G. It's usually a, mm. a, a smoke offering that's made to, like, the local land spirit, and that can often be used as a, a method of divination because they use, like, juniper, juniper branches. Um, and then you can kind of see what's going on with whether that may have been accepted or not, uh, depending on different smoke divinatory (laughs) um, actions. Mm, That's fascinating. Let's talk, we have a few minutes left, so let's talk a little bit about what are some ways to improve your abilities with capnomancy. What are some things, we mentioned, for example, mugwort. What are some other things you can do to improve your ability 
to read smoke. I can start us off, and then let's go to uh, Reverend R, and then we'll go to Papa G. Let him have that sort of final words here. Um, But one of the things that I highly, highly recommend is start working. If you're going to do any smoke divination, start with psychic vision incense. That incense is just going to be much easier to read than any other form of incense. Work with a steady practice of psychic vision incense. Uh, Keep notes of the sort of things that you see and what ends up happening, and you'll start to improve your abilities in smoke divination. What about you, Reverend Art? You know, one thing that I would throw into the ring is, you know, before, and, and this is kind of true for most all divination practices from, from my standpoint is really before you are planning to sit and, and do the divination work and do your practicing, take some time to meditate, center yourself, mm-hmm. get that focus prepared. If it helps, Conjurman mentioned psychic vision incense. There's also psychic vision oil. You can use the oil. Mm-hmm. You can anoint the crown of your head. You can anoint your hands. Um, while you're doing the work of setting up the the incense and, and such, but really taking the time to, to more or less, I know it's not possible to clear the mind, but to quote unquote clear the mind, calm it down mm. and, and just put yourself in that zone to be ready to work your divination. Mm. Babaji? Oh, have we lost Papa G there? Can you hear me now? It is possible. Oh, yes, there it is. Here I am. There okay. okay. Build, building on what Art was talking about is also, if you do not tend to yourself, or you do not prepare yourself for whatever type of divination you want to do, the smoke can give you false readings. Um, mm. it, if it... Now, while it does have meaning behind, such as if the smoke is moving in all different directions, it can indicate uh, this this might happen or it might not happen. It could be like a setback. It can mean um, things are going to stay they are and having a change. It'll mean it mainly means things are scattered in all directions. But if you do not prepare yourself ahead of time, that can be a direct reflection of your energy not necessarily the message you were supposed to receive. Um, so, you know, such as like getting smoke in a big cluster, that, um, mm. it, 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 think of the word that goes with cluster. I mean, <laughs> can we say that on the radio? Um, <laughs> I do all the time. Okay, yeah. Smoke can be a big cluster fuck in all parts, <laughs> meaning all parts of your life are just in total chaos, but, it does have that meaning, but if you are in not in a place to read in the, in the moment and you're not centered, you may get these false readings. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been a fantastic and interesting discussion. Uh, hopefully, it has enriched our listeners and our audience, and maybe they will incorporate more and more smoke divination in their work. A special thank you to Papa G for this really interesting conversation and to Reverend Art for being a great co-host. We're going to take a brief break for some short announcements and then we're going to move on to our first caller and our only caller for today.
Thank you, Conjurman. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com. And by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic contra practitioners, located online at readersandrootworkers.org. And by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to today's client. Our caller is Paula, calling from area code 860 in Connecticut. Paula, are you there? Uh, we do not have Paulus on the air, unfortunately, but we can hear our various person's uh, situation and still do a reading for them. Absolutely. Okay. So she writes, uh, I am currently struggling financially and want to know when my finances will shift to a point where I'm financially secure with the ability to comfortably pay all of my expenses, travel with the frequency I desire, and save money so I can invest property in the future. I'd also like to know by what means and how that shift will occur. I'm going to turn it over to you, Conjurman. Thank you very much. We are going to have our first reading done by Reverend Art, followed by Papa G, and then I will give some root work recommendations at the end. All right. Thank you, Conjurman. So I pulled three cards to dive into this reading here. First card that I got was the Three of Wands. And the the deck that I use for anybody that's interested is the Thelema deck. Um, It's a very rich deck. And the the Three of Wands in in this instance is showing me that you know, there is some adventures coming. There is some growth coming that, that, but the need here is you're feeling stuck and you're struggling. What this is telling me is that we're kind of in a situation where, you know, we're doing the same things and expecting a different result. It's time to shake things up a bit. You need to, to, kind of like expand your wings, be creative, start looking in new at, towards new avenues of, of bringing in income, whether that is, you know, taking on gig work, finding a new position, something you, you've reached a point of stagnation and you're not reaching the fulfillment that you need, which is also holding back the finances that you need. Moving forward, we ended I have the the Hierophant card in reverse. And this is kind of supportive of that whole spread your wings and fly. Start looking into new avenues, new angles. This is this to me this is a card of challenging tradition. We need to to not just expect that you know, if we do A, B, and C, that D, E, and F are going to follow it. That really, you've been, you, the formula that, that you have developed for your life so far is, is not 
it, it's really not working for you for what your wants, needs, and goals truly are. And with that, you know, it once you sh- start to shake things up, you'll you'll start to see that forward mo- movement, that forward motion, and and it really won't take that long. Um, the last card that I pulled here is the Ten of Swords in reverse. And what this is in, in, in the third position, kind of wrapping up what we've already talked about here, is this is rising above. This is, you, you're honestly over the worst. You've survived. And the, the path is open for you to forge a new way. You, you really need to, to do that, that introspective work to, to find out really where your passions are and, and bring that to fruition. Learn from where you've been. Take a look back. You've, you've had the opportunity to, to really examine life as it has been you're in a position to create the life that you want. You just have to be brave enough to take that next step. And it won't take long once you, that you, you ask about when this shift will occur. It won't take long once you have that faith in yourself, that trust in yourself to really make the leap. Mm, thank you, uh, Reverend Art. That was that was very very insightful. Palace has, has called in. Uh, I'm going to try to make her live now. So fingers crossed, we get this working. Uh, Palace, can you hear us? I, I you can hear you. Something? Can you hear me? There we go. Yes, we can hear you. Uh, I know you said you had some difficulty oh trouble <laughs> dialing in. No worries. Uh, technology is always a bit finicky, but you are now live. Welcome. Your first reading was done by Reverend Art with some great insights there. Hopefully you had an opportunity to uh, hear him. If not, the archive will be available and you can go and listen back to him. Okay, excellent. I'm going to turn this over to Papa G, but let me just ask a couple real brief questions. What sign of the zodiac are you, Paolo? Um, I'm, a, uh, I'm a Gemini sun, Aries rising, Aries moon. Okay, Aries Moon, Aries Rising, and Gemini Sun. Thank you for that. I'm going to turn this over to Papa G, who's going to do your next reading. All right, Palace. What I'm going to do is actually I'm doing a mixture of Catnomancy and Tarot. What I've done is I have a bowl in the center with um, incense, an incense cone burning in the center. My favorite is Super Hit. And I have put four different cards around the ball, one to the left, one to the right, one above it, and one below it. And I have been, the whole time Art was talking, I have been watching the smoke. It consistently is saying, which way did it go? Which card did it gravitate towards? And it keeps gravitating towards the Six of Pentacles. And, you know, this card can mean lots of things. Most people think of it as as the card of charity, but it's also about, um, it's, and by the way, you have three pentacle cards here, but it is towards a pentacle, so it's in finances. Um, 
Mm-hmm. It can also be the balancing any iniquity you have in this department. Um, it can be a material balance or a spiritual balance. It it leans more towards the idea that maybe there's some personal spending habits or financial habits or it can even be financial education that you need to go through before your spending can, uh, your finances actually improve more. Now, occasionally the smoke has been shifting upwards to Ace of Pentacles in reverse. And usually Ace of Pentacles Which is about just, sorry. Uh, it's the Ace of Pentacles, but it's in reverse. Um, oh. Normally this is like mana. It's like, it's like some good things falling from heaven, but it is in reverse which indicates, you know, there are some financial worries there. Um, and it, it's saying you'll have to work for it. It, it won't. Unfortunately, there's not going to be any good luck just fall out of the sky as far as the fin- finances go. But the main message I get, because the smoke is still going, the Six of Pentacles, Six of Pentacles, it's all about figuring out not just how to make more money, how to hold on to the money that you have and um, and to really dissect any your relationship with money and finances. So that's the one that keeps yeah. keeps going towards six of pentacles. It, it deals no, with your relationship with money. I have a Venus and Taurus thing. There you go. So that's my advice is to examine your not only how can I make more money, but your relationship with money and work on work on that. Mm. Some really interesting and important advice. Uh, do you have a lot of? Uh, I'm going to give you some root work advice. I'm going to ask a couple of questions here. Do you have a lot of heavy expenses or things that you spend a lot of money um, on? Whether it's well. Yeah, so this is all come about because um, I've had I'm going through a chapter thirteen because of a divorce um, that I had okay. that I was kind of screwed, and that's why um, I'm I'm like you know establishing a payment plan with it, but and I make good money. I'm in finance actually. Yeah, you have an MBA. And right. So it's not. But the, the but money I going out. No, that right. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the issue is that the reason I asked about this expense is because there was a really strong indication kind of an oldies. Uh, readings that the money going out is much larger than money. You're getting good money. It's not necessarily staying with you because you have this other expense, right, um, that you're, you've had to deal with where you, you kind of got screwed over. So what we need to do is, one, ensure yeah, the yeah. money flowing in is can remain stable, but two, keeping that money with you and allowing it to grow. So what I'm going to do is give you some root work advice. In any type of financial situation, the best thing you can do is one, set up an altar. Two, whenever there's an enduring problem, it's always good to get some type of long-term reading, whether it's an astrological reading, a natal reading, an ancestral reading, something that will look at the long-term health. Because on the radio show, we can sort of, there's a limit to how far we can see. We can generally see about six months to a year is what I tell clients on the radio show. And that's true of most sort of divinations. But there are other types of divinations like mediumship, ancestral readings, astrology that can give you a much larger look 
at your life. So I would recommend that just to ensure that there isn't something afflicted, making sure, for example, your house of money isn't being aspected or, or has rays from Saturn, things like that, just to be mindful of, of those things. So that's one thing I'd recommend. And the second is to set up some type of prosperity altar. Whenever you have a physical dedicated space, De- uh, devoted to drawing, keeping, and growing money. That is going to help you in the long run, especially when it comes to things like money. Altar work is supreme here. You can get little changes from mojo bags, candle work, etc. They can bring luck, they can bring money, but when you want like enduring prosperity, when you want enduring wealth, you want to ground that physically in a location. Set it up in your house somewhere that you know is going to be your money corner or your money, you know, wall, that place that's going to be dedicated. Now, when I say altar, that doesn't mean it needs to look, you know, so weird that when someone walks into your house, like, what the hell is going on here? Altars are really, they can be bureaus, they can be dressers, they can be tables, they can be mantelpieces, they can be anything, any sort of space. But it'll be a space that allows you to work. And you want enough space that you can put a few things on there. What I want you to do is have a couple objects. First, off to the sort of left-hand side, I want you to get a big master root. Not master root pieces, but like a good, solid, whole master root that has the roots attached to it. Get a good one. You can find these sort of specimen sizes you can call Lucky Mojo and other places and get that. You're going to set that on a plate. You're going to take a dollar bill and you're going to write your petition on that. May my money continue to flow towards me, that it continues to grow, that it continues to stay with me, and that it does not flow out of my hands. There's something along those lines that really states what your end goal is. That you bring money in, the money grows, and it gives you an opportunity to invest. You're going to fold, you're going to take that dollar, you're going to fold it up or roll it up really nice and tight, and then using red string, you're going to bind it to the roots of the master root. Place that on a sort of to the left-hand side of the altar. On the right-hand side, I want you to get a bowl, and in that bowl, you're going to put one denomination of every bill. So a $1 bill, $5 bill, $10 bill, $20 bill, $50 $100 bill. If you can get a $2 bill, great, put that in as well. On top of every denomination, all those denominations, you're going to put a lodestone, a nice big lodestone, and you're going to sprinkle it with magnetic sand. So now you have your altar on the left-hand side, this plate with the master root, on the right-hand side, this bowl with the lodestone. Then at the bottom, forming an upside-down triangle, I want you to put a candle holder with a green candle that you have anointed with money, uh, money drawing oil and money stay with me oil. You're going to put that right in the uh, center uh, to the bottom. So you're going to have a sort of upside-down triangle, the root to the left, the lodestone to the left, to the bottom and the center. In the middle of this, you're going to put a sensor or a thurible or a heat-proof dish, and you're going to put charcoal on it. You're going to light the charcoal and then sprinkle it with five-finger grass, which you bring success to all five of your fingers, alfalfa to protect your money and keep you safe from poverty, 
cinnamon to draw you wealth and bayberry to bring prosperity. You're going to burn this. You're going to keep this altar going in perpetuity. You're going to continue to work it every Wednesday and every Thursday. You're going to take a little bit of money drawing oil and you're going to anoint that the uh, master root. You're going to take some magnetic sand and sprinkle it on the lodestone. You're going to take a green candle, anoint it with your oils, and burn it. And then you're going to burn your incense in the center. And you keep this every Wednesday and Thursday. You're going to repeat it, keeping that altar going. As money comes into you, you're going to continue to add money to that lodestone. And then once a month, I want you to take the money out, shake off any excess uh, lodestone uh, magnetic sand that's on it and you're going to spend that money on things for yourself. You're going to spend it, give it away to charity, etc. Putting that money back out into the world. And you're going to repeat this process. Now what I want you to do is when you spend the money, take a portion of that and set it aside into some sort of cash box. You can put it in the Bible. That's your a sort of separate emergency fund. You're going to give a portion of it away, keep it a portion. What this does is it builds the spiritual practice that you will always have money. Always spiritually, there will be a sort of gravity that keeps the money in one place. That, okay, you're going to spend, I'm going to give money away, I got all these expenses, but there's always going to be something left for me. So never experience poverty. This is an ongoing work that will reshape and remake the flow of money in your life. It will bring wealth to you. Keep wealth with you and allow it to grow. So long as you can that altar, and you can add other things to it. You said you have, you have a pretty well-placed Venus, so maybe you'll decorate it with images of money, things that represent luxury to you. You could put flowers on there, whatever else you want. Put some attention and some love to that altar, but at a minimum, have these objects on there, this upside-down triangle formation with the incense in the center, and keep it going, weekly working it, and that will create a locus of power to bring wealth into your life. That's my recommendation here. It's a pretty simple working, but it's a working that will require a little bit of time. It has a few moving parts. Let's see if uh, Papa G or Reverend Art have anything further to add here. That was so comprehensive. I don't know what I could add to you. It's usually hard to stump you, conjure you, on the spot, have a lit. Have a have a lengthy and good, well formed spell or root word advice. <laughs> well, we do it for a living, so we better. We better. Uh, Reverend, do you have anything, any suggestions, or anything that you would recommend, or alterations you would recommend? No alterations. I had one kind, one basic idea. Just something very mm-hmm. simple is using a bay leaf. On the, on the bay leaf, a whole bay leaf, find one that's not all broken up. Um, and really just write money, stay with me. Dress it with some um, money drawing oil, crown of success, whatever you might have, holy oil. And mm. keep that in your pocketbook. And that will help to, to ensure that expenditures aren't overwhelming your um, income. That's- that is fantastic. Yeah, Phyllis Margaret Gabor, I hope, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, also recommended uh, if you have some centering, you can put it in the far left corner of your house. Every little bit helps. That's absolutely true. 
citrine, any type of sort of, of, of orange, tangerine, uh, and apples. If you can place them on a bowl on the altar, that will also bring in wealth. Thank you very much for entrusting us with your situation. We wish you all the best. Uh, do check in with us and let us know how things went. We're going to take a brief break from some scheduled uh, announcements, and then we're going to come back with our free spell. LMC. You're listening to the LMC Radio Network, broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hooter Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurement Sundays, 3 to 4.30, Mystics, Mages, and Magical Places with Reverend Art and Reverend James, Mondays, 4 to 5.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, the Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, Thursdays, 1 to 2, and Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8, all time specific, at 3 hours for Eastern. All of our shows are available in archives at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com, where you will see them listed by title and episode and with clickable links. Sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment from our special guest, Papa G of FolkMagicStudio.com in Nashville, Tennessee. Take it away, Papa G. Thank you, Reverend James. This is more of a ritual than a spell, although you could turn it into a spell if you got more um, into it. What, basically, what I'm going to talk about is, and we're going to have time to discuss it together because it's pretty straightforward, is what I did in the, in the reading was to take a center bowl or object, something fire safe, and put incense in it. For this, we're going to use incense. You can use Palo Santo, whatever, and and light it until the smoke begins to form. And what you're going to do is put on the left side, you're going to put a black candle. And this can be something as simple as a chime candle. Um, It doesn't have to be big. But on the left side, you're going to put a black one, and on the right side, you are going to put a white one. And it's important you put the burning incense directly in the center, uh, even between these two, and you light the candle because the the flame well, can actually pull the smoke one way or another. That's why you want it all measured out properly. And then you begin to ask questions. Use um, it, it almost like a pendulum and see which direction the smoke tends towards. Now, we usually do black on the left um, as a sign of here's the negative aspect, the left-handed path, some people say, and on the right would be more positive. So there you're having a yes and you're having a no. And then go beyond that, and then not only just which way does the smoke travel, but, you know, as we discussed earlier, what are the different uh, things that smoke mean? Is it rising? Is it descending? Is it billowing? Is it making circles? So it may lead you more to the, let's say it leads you more to the yes. Well, 
you get more information by seeing the, the patterns of the smoke. And you can look those up in many places. Um, what I did was put the bowl in the center of four cards. You can do this too, four tarot cards. You could use runes. You can you can throw the bones if you wanted to and put smoke in the center and see which direction does it guide you to, which, thing, which objects or which cards is it taking your attention toward and telling you, here's your answer over here. So I suppose if you wanted to, you could put a candle also on the upper part and the lower part where it's actually in the, you may have um yes, no, maybe, and you can go all the way through an eight ball, I guess, the magic eight ball. But that to me is a way to use capnomancy with the way you would use a pendulum. This is so cool. I mean, for people who are interested in getting into capnomancy and may have difficulties, and one of the things we we didn't really talk about here is that we look for signs, but some capnomancy, like tea reading, like scrying, has a subjective component to it, an intuitive component to it. That's different from, say, the more analytic forms of divination like astrology, right? That means you have to be able to see images in the smoke, and sometimes people can't see those images, some people, they, they can see the movement of the smoke, but they can't look at the smoke and see signs. But what you're all here is a way of, of really blending the pendulum approach with capnomancy so that they can get clear answers, even as they uh, a beginner or they're just being introduced to it. That is incredibly, incredibly cool. And I hope that people that take the time to really... Where did you, if you don't mind me asking, where did you come up with this idea? Was it something that you were taught or it came from that genius brain of yours? Uh, I came up with it uh, today. Oh, <laughs> I, came up with it today. I love that. So what, we've got our <laughs> Your genius brain. Your genius. So I was, yeah, so genius. I was like, what? Well, I had something that was a spell, and I'm like, that's not really Captain Matt. like, no, I want to do something cooler. What can I do with this? I'm like, oh, why can't you use it this way? Of course you can use it this way. Oh, that's a genius. But you never know. <laughs> it could have been something I read 10 years ago, and I'm not giving someone proper credit. Don't know. Uh, no, no, no. We're going to say it came from your ge- it came from your genius brain. I'm, I'm going to mention here real quickly. Uh, JD Hoodoo says Lucky Mojo Shop citrine tumbled pieces, citrine quartz harmonizes with a solar plexus chakra and aid to business prosperity and abundance. Yes. So they were talking stones. For whatever reason, my Torian mind went to fruit. <laughs> I mentioned tangerines and apples. It's both true. Tangerines. Tangerines and apples are tied to uh, – tangerines, oranges, and apples are all tied to prosperity, and you can place them on altars. But, yes, citrine the stone of the citrine quartz is also used in that way. So, Palace, there you go. Use the use fruits and use stones. There, just a quick clarification. Uh, River Nar, I'm so sorry. I think I cut you off there. Oh, no, we're good. I wasn't saying anything at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's right. I love this particular technique, and one of the things that the Oracle Hour does is it not only introduces a variety of different divination practices, but then it shows you how you can get involved with it yourself. Because I think there's been a sort of a domination of cards <laughs> that's happened. And don't get me wrong, 
card readings are cool, and all of us are card readers in one way, shape, or form, whether we read playing cards or Lenormand or Tarot. We all have our oracle uh, cards. We all have card reading background. But a lot of these other forms of divination have sort of fallen to the wayside or they've sort of been forgotten. And what the oracle hour does is hopefully introduces them once more, but then gives you practical ways, like Papa G here, gave us a spell that he came up with today, this practice that he came up with today, that is incredibly, incredibly useful for you to get started in Capnomancy. You can do it now. It's not just something that we professionals are doing and we professionals are thinking about, but now you, the person who's listening, can incorporate this practice into your divination, and that is incredibly, incredibly exciting. We have and come I, to the end I of, put in the chat sorry, all the meanings for the smoke, if anyone wants to catch. Yes, there will be an archive of the uh, chat, so we can definitely take a look there. Or if you just want to screenshot it, he has absolutely put it in the chat room there. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, Thank you, Reverend R, for stepping into the the shoes of co-host. Thank you to Papa G for being an amazing guest, which is really, really cool conversation between the three of us. And we had a really cool chance to hear Reverend James as well. We don't often get to see him join in as well. So this was really, really a fun, fun discussion. And thank you to all of you who are hanging out in the chat. We're going to turn this over to our wonderful announcer who's going to give us our final words. Then we're going to come back with some final goodbyes. Thank you, Conjure Man, and thank you, Reverend Art, and thank you, Papa G of FolkMagicStudio.com in Nashville, Tennessee, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers will be Mama E from ContraDoctor.com in California, bringing us the topic of generational and ancestral curses. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Reverend Art via FolkConjure.com from Western North Carolina and Conjure Man at ConjureManConsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Reverend James, joining you from FolkConjure.com in North Carolina. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archives via LuckyMojo.com forward slash radio show dot HTML. From all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thank you, everybody. Good night. Thank you very much, Reverend James. Remember, you can catch all the cool workshops of the Hoodoo Heritage Festival now available online. So if there's a topic you're interested in, be sure to check it out. I wish each and every one of you a fantastic week. Stay safe, stay healthy. For those of you that are in the smoke areas, try to make sure to keep a filter around yourself. Uh, Hopefully we will get past these terrible environmental disasters soon. Have a fantastic week. We look forward to the coming of Miss Cat next week. Thank you again to Papa G, Reverend R, Reverend James, and for all of you who joined us this wonderful Sunday afternoon. That's it. Bye-bye, everyone. (laughs) 